The following movie has been rated R by the Motion Picture Association of America. It is intended for mature audiences. Parents may wish to consider whether it should be viewed by children under 17. All right, now we're recording. Oh, yeah. okay, yeah. We didn't get any of that other stuff on here, luckily. So. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back to the Project X podcast. I am Alan Smith. And I'm Big Dave. And uh, we have prepared something <clears throat> um, a little... Uh, we, we've never really done a list. We, we've done some stuff in the past, you know, of like we did like our most Gen X, you know, where we kind of like... When we, it, it wasn't really a list. We just kind of like... Well, this kind of done stuff. a list. We haven't kind of done a list. Oh, we're fi- we're going to actually do a full list this time. I, I actually came up with this one, and I think Wait, it's a good one because I'll, I'll be honest, you come up with most of them. Well, but it's one. But this was one I was like, yeah, this is actually pretty cool because we get to. Oh, we're gonna argue. We're gonna argue, but but it is also a. Although I don't know why we're gonna argue. I, yeah, I really don't either because it's all opinion. Uh, but we're gonna do a list. Each of us are gonna do a top ten list of our our favorite movies. It, it's probably gonna turn into another that's overrated. Uh, it <laughs> might. I know one of them you're going to be like, yeah, it's overrated. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure I know which one that one is. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I uh, I put together 10, ten, ten uh, movies, and Dave put together 10 movies. I've got some honorable i got a couple of We'll talk about those later. But, um, yeah, I guess we're just going to jump right into this. Dave, do you want to do your number 10? Um, number 10 is, well, it's kind of a, a slash. Okay. Nine and ten. Okay. Uh, the Robert Downey Jr. Sherlock Holmes movies. Okay. Have you seen those? I have. I really... Those movies surprised me. I really mm-hmm. enjoyed them, and I, I actually ended up going out and buying them. Okay. Those are fun movies. I those think they're the, supposed to be making a third one, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, please. I so, hope they do. Uh, I hope he's kind of using Dr. Doolittle as like yeah, a palate well, cleanser between all the Marvel stuff yeah, and comes back to Sherlock Holmes. Well, you know, there, there's already rumors that he might be coming back to Marvel, so that there's a way. So I don't think I don't think he should. We'll see. We're not discussing that movie, though. Um, okay, so the Sherlock Holmes, you said that's 9 and 10? Uh, it's kind of 9 and 10 for me. Okay. Okay, so you basically did two of them, is what you did. Yeah, I, I did. I did two together. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I cheated. Okay, a little. that's fine. That's fine. Cause I have a cheat later, but I actually put them on the same one though. So it was, yeah, uh, it it's kind of a cheat. Okay, I, I apologize, but what, I, what is it about these movies that just the the quickness of it, the okay. the cleverness, the the cleverness of it, that banner back and forth right. between Robert Downey Jr. and Jude, um, Law. Jude yeah. Law. I mean, that's hysterical. Mm-hmm. Um, the fact that Jude Law's wife in those movies is now the crazy blonde woman in Yellowstone. Right, right. You know, that, yeah. that's... Yeah. It, it's But those movies, I mean, they're great. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the action in them. The fact that... The thing that caught me the most was when he was in the fight pit. And oh, he yeah. was like, okay, this Analyzing is the way it's going to go. Right it's going to go like this. It's going to go like this. And, mm-hmm. and you think the action's happening as he's analyzing it, and then all of a sudden it picks back up into real time, right. and it goes out exactly the way he analyzed right. it. Okay, fair enough. The The fact that he could just sit there and look at something and kind of analyze it, and you see the way that the – you're getting to see the way the clock works mm-hmm. kind of in real time before it happens. Okay. Sure. Okay. <clears throat> no, those are good movies. I, I have not. I'll be honest. I haven't revisited them. Um, I know 
the first one came out about what ten years ago. Yeah, and uh, I I can tell by the look in your face you were not expecting. No, those and, two and I guarantee to... you there's going to be some stuff on mine that you're going to be like, what? Yeah, um, and, and that's fine because again, like, like I said, this is one of those things. It's all opinion. What I like, what yeah, you yeah, like, yeah, what yeah. anybody likes. It is one of those things where it's like, yeah, you know, and, and I'll admit that before I get into these, it, it kind of depends on my day. Yeah. You know, of, of any number of these movies could move up or down or even off the list completely. Yeah. And one of them, you know, another movie move up. And that just kind of depends on where I am. Um, no, I totally get that. They're, uh, so, yeah, okay, that's cool. All right, so you that was your 9 and 10. Yeah, so go ahead and do sorry, go ahead and do 9 and 10. All right. Well, my 9 and 10 are a couple of comic book movies also. Okay. Uh, not yours isn't comic book, but both of both of my 9 and uh, my 9 and 10 are So comic give me book number movies. 10. What's number, number 10? 10 is The Crow. Oh, I didn't see that should have made the top 10 list and it didn't for mine for some I have, reason. I I have seen that movie so many times it's not even funny. You, I mean, I, and of course we did a full episode about the crow. Earlier. I think I know why it didn't make my list. Okay. Because during back during the summer when we did our podcast, I watched it like mm-hmm. four I watched it like four <laughs> or five times yeah, kind of, and kind of burned myself out on okay. it. It's a, I'll do that with a movie occasionally. I'll watch it a bunch mm-hmm. and then I'll put it away and we'll okay. think about it for a while. And I think that's why I didn't hit this list, but cool. it, it should have made the list. Uh, if you want to know my opinions on The Crow, go back and listen to our very first episode. Episode one. Episode number one. And that yeah, I think it has Dave and I both on that one. My number nine yeah. is The Dark Knight. Christopher Nolan. Yes. I... That's, you know, it's Heath Ledger's Joker. You know, that's the... You know me. I love Batman. Mm -hmm. I'm a huge Batman fan, especially of the Frank Miller Batman Mm -hmm. era. And those Christopher Nolan Batman movies for me were the perfect Batman movies for me. Don't get me wrong. I love the Tim Burton Batman stuff. Uh, I'm not... The more time that passes, the less I like him. Well, it, it... it tends when it came out, it was like, wow, it this was is amazing. Well, but now the, it's starting to lean back. When you look at it, it kind of goes with the campy. It um, does. But the thing is, at the time, what we had as Batman was the 60s yeah, Batman, exactly. which was over the top camp. Yes. This was, oh, they're taking it seriously. As seriously as they could in 1989 and it being yeah. Tim Burton, you know, and, and that kind of stuff. And but it's still one of those things that I said it back then, and I say it even more now. I, that movie's kind of boring. Yeah, it there's not a whole lot that happens. And I mean, it, I mean, there's stuff that happens, but it, it's just it takes so long to get there, which is a typical Tim Burton thing. Yeah, of we'll get it. That's but, a whole other thing. But, but, but for me, the but, the, the Christopher Nolan Batman movies were perfect, and the Heath Ledger right. Joker is. Right. Is one of my favorites. Now, I will say, I think you have not seen the new Joker movie, uh, or have you? No, I haven't have seen okay. it yet. See, I've, I've actually seen it several times, Yo- and I enjoyed uh, it. Yo- Joaquin Phoenix. Joaquin Phoenix. Yeah. Joaquin Phoenix. I really enjoy that, but it's more of an Elseworlds than it is. It's more alternative universe. Right. It's a, this is what could have happened, right? but it's not necessarily what, what happened, happened yeah. you know? Um, and honestly, the Joker story has been so yeah. ambiguous over well, the years. The whole, like, like, you, you know, like the Joker said, if I have to have a story, I'd rather it be multiple choice. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's – and that works for that character. Yeah. That's awesome. Absolutely. So anyways, that's my 9 and 10. Um, yeah, The Crow at 10 and The Dark Knight at number 9. Yeah. What do you have at number 8? Number 8 is Top Gun. 
Okay. Tell me what's so great about Top Gun. I I remember the first time I saw that movie in the theater. Okay. And you it's know, the volleyball scene. Isn't it? it's the- <laughs> why am I friends with you? I don't understand why I'm friends with you. No, the you're always doing this to me. Yeah, well, you know, you know how it is. So, so what is it about? Top no, Gun? it's you know, you get the great dogfight in the beginning, okay. and of course they, the guy who's supposed to go to Top Gun, you know, quits. They get right. to go, but I think where it caught me was where he's running down the side of the runway on that ninja, mm-hmm. that motorcycle. They're playing and, Highway of the Danger Zone. Yeah, yeah, that's that's when it caught me. Yeah. And once again, the action, the planes. Mm-hmm. And back when I was a kid, I wanted to join the Air Force. And well, everybody did after they – well, of course, that was I wanted, Navy. That I was wanted, Navy, I know, but it's a – I wanted to do it before then, but yeah. I was more interested in the NASA program. You okay, know, I, I wanted enough. to be, you know, I wanted to do the whole flight thing okay. so I could do, you know, NASA at some point. But then Top Gun comes out and I was like, oh, mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. sweet. Um, no, I just, and then I got tall and then on top of getting tall, I got fat. So that was the end of, you know, even thinking about. Well, you know, boot camp would have taken a lot of that off of you. So <laughs> at that point, I still would have been too tall to get into the airplane, okay, you know, because as a freshman, enough. freshman in high school, I was six foot, 200 pounds. Oh, okay. You know, and I picked up an extra two inches very quickly after mm-hmm. that. You know, so okay, I think fair enough. I think I think you're actually average height for pilots at around five, five eight. eight yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so but, they want short little guys, is I guess. <laughs> and I'm I'm actually really excited for the second Top Gun to come out here. I'm shortly. interested. I'm interested to see how how it's gonna. Um, as far as Top Gun, I enjoyed it back then. I've watched it since then. I don't enjoy it quite as much. Um, just sometimes, you know, as time goes on, you, things don't hit you the same way as they used to, no, you know, I get that, that kind of stuff. Yeah. But I, I understand why, you know, cause it is, I mean, I, I understand that, that sequence where I, I get that, yeah. I get it, you know, that's a, and that was another one of those, that is a, uh, that's a soundtrack movie. Oh, totally. You know, where I'm, there's not a bad song on that soundtrack. I'm no, sorry. there's and really I, not. And I dare anybody the uh, the Top Gun anthem. You know, it's the, the da, 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 well, you know who you know, you know who that who that is, who right? Is that guitar? I don't know. That was uh, Billy Idol's guitar player. The Steve Stevens. It's Steve really? Stevens. Yes. But the thing is, is that is amazing. No, it totally that, is. That I mean, that to this day, you know, I hear that that. Yeah. No, I think I'm Steve like, no, Stevens awesome. did a lot of the score. Okay. Uh, the okay, movie score cool. for it, but and, and that's aside from you know, the second that guitar hit, I was like, dude, that's Steve yeah. Stevens. I know it's it, and, and and like I said, and that's aside from the you know, Highway to the Danger Zone and Take My Breath Away and playing with the boys and yeah. you know and all that stuff that's on there. You know, it's a yeah, it's it's it it, it is a complete you know, blockbuster. And, and I was already a car a, guy, yeah, and of course a motorcycle guy. I love right. motorcycles and. You know, he's riding what's essentially the new Kawasaki Ninja. Mm-hmm. And at then, the time. At yeah. the time. And then the love interest of the show shows up in a Porsche yes. sport, uh, Speedster. Mm-hmm. Or not Speedster. Sport, uh, what car is that? I feel like an idiot now. <laughs> but he shows up shows up in that, that Porsche. Right. That, that classic Porsche. And it's like, oh. Have you ever seen the movie? Well, you probably haven't seen the movie, but I'm sure you've seen the clip. Um, the movie is called Sleep With Me. Came out in the mid '90s. Eric Stoltz, um, Eric Stoltz, and Meg Tilly. Okay. Okay. But there's this scene later in the movie. Matter of fact, you know what? I'm going to drop it in here. 
You know what one of the greatest fucking scripts ever written in the history of Hollywood is? What? Top Gun. Oh, come on. Top, Top Gun is fucking great. What is Top Gun? You think it's a story about a bunch of fighter pilots? Yeah, it's about a bunch of guys waving their dicks around. It is a story about a man's struggle with his own homosexuality. <laughs> That's serious. That is what Top Gun is about, man. You've got Maverick. All right, he's on the edge, man. He's right on the fucking line. All right, and you've got Iceman and all his crew. Right. They're gay. And they are, they represent the gay man. Right. All right, and they're saying, go, go the gay way, go the gay way. He could go both ways. What about Kelly McGill? Kelly McGill, she's, she's, she's heterosexuality. She's saying, no, 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 go the normal way. He goes to her house, right? All right, it looks like they're going to have sex. You know, they're just kind of sitting back. He's taking a shower and everything. They don't have sex. He gets on the motorcycle, drives away. She's like, what the fuck? What the fuck is going on here? Right. Next scene. Next scene you see her, she's in the elevator, she is dressed like a guy. She's got the, the cap on, she's got the aviator glasses, she's wearing the same jacket that the Iceman wears. She is, okay, this is how I gotta get this guy. This guy's going towards the gateway. So I gotta bring him back, I gotta bring him back from the gateway. So I'm gonna do that through subterfuge, I'm gonna dress like a man, alright? <laughs> that is how she, she, she approaches it. Right, okay. But the real ending of the movie is when they fight the medics at the end. Alright, because he has passed over into the gayway. They are this gay fighting fucking force, alright? And they're beating the Russians. The gays are beating the Russians, alright? And it's over, and they fucking land. And Iceman's been trying to get Maverick the entire time. Finally, he's got him. Alright, and what is the last fucking line that they have together? They're all hugging and kissing and happy with each other. And Ice comes up to Maverick and he says, Man, you can ride my tail! It is time! And what does Maverick say? Maverick, you can ride my sword fight! Sword fight! Sword fight! Fucking it, man! <laughs> okay, first of all, that is wrong on so many levels. Second of all, that is not what they say at the end the, of that the, scene. The line is different, and, I know. And third of all, that is what it's like to be at a party where everybody at the party is on cocaine. It's Quentin Tarantino. What do you expect? So, so, so you know, screw you, okay? I remember seeing that back in the 90s take and just it one laughing of my, favorite, my ass off. Take it one that. of my favorite movies and, and twist. Screw you. It makes you. sense. It makes sense. You know, that, that, no. that, that volleyball scene, you know, the shower scenes, the, that, you know, it's... Uh, it's that <laughs> is... The, the that is what. Uh, why am I friends with you? <laughs> anyway, so Dave's number eight was Top Gun, uh, or how I learned to be. Yeah, gay what's your what's your how next I learned piece to be of, gay and love it? So. <laughs> what's your next piece of crap movie? My next piece of crap movie at number eight is Dazed and Confused, <laughs> which actually says a lot about that last one. So. <laughs> And what's sad is I can't even hate on Days and Confused. <laughs> Days and Confused is such a good movie. It, you know, it, when it came out in '93, you know, I was a freshman in college, and it was one of those things where it just kind of spoke to that. Oh yeah, this makes sense. One of those movies that I love, which takes place in the course of one day. Yeah, you know, and um, has some kind of high school element to it, but you know. Not really about high school, so yeah. Much. And uh, great soundtrack. 
awesome soundtrack. Two good soundtracks, actually, because there's a volume one and a volume two. All classic rock stuff, you know. It's just, Isn't that like Matthew McConaughey's first movie or that something? That was one of his first movies. I don't know if it was his very first movie. It's the one he's known for. It's the one, yeah, he plays it's Wooderson. It. All right, all right. And he's pretty right. much been playing that role on and off yeah. since then. And which, you know, when he won his Oscar a few years ago. You know, for uh, oh, Dallas yeah. Buyers Club, the very last thing he said was, all right, all right, all right, which is perfect that he brought it all back to yeah. that, you know. And, uh, but yeah, um, this was... Um, you going to pick on the rest of my movies? Because it'd probably, be a lot cooler if you, you did. did. And, I'm, I probably will. You know, this <clears> was uh, Richard Linklater's second movie. You know, his first one was Slacker. I don't know if you've ever seen that yeah, one Yeah, I've seen not. Slacker. It's, okay. it's a little all over the place, but it was like one of those things where it's like, no, it, it makes oh, sense for what little okay, all over the place. It was all lot of again another one of those movies. It all takes place in one day. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but Days and Confused is just it's so good in the cast, man. You got you got McConaughey. Yeah, you got Ben Affleck. All right, let me tell you the first. I watched this movie countless times from the time <clears> that it, that it hit like uh, home video until yeah. you know whatever. And the thing is, is that in the meantime, Ben Affleck became a thing. Yeah. And it wasn't until I'd probably seen that movie a dozen times, and I was watching because at the you know at the end of it when they're playing Slow Ride, you know all that kind of stuff, and they start showing everybody like all the, it shows it shows everybody and puts their name out. Yeah. The, the actors never realized that was Ben Affleck until then. Really. And I was like, no, it's not. No, it's not. Yeah. Oh, oh my God, it is. You know. Yeah. And um, so, um, but yeah, uh, like I said, those two. Uh, of course, Jeremy London is in it. Yeah. Um, uh, Mila Jovovich is in it. You've got um, uh, Adam Goldberg is in it. You've got uh, oh gosh, who else am I missing? Uh, Joey Lauren Adams. Yeah. Renee Zellweger is actually in it. Um, Parker Posey. One of the movies that actually helps the confusion between I Joey think, Lawrence Adams I and think that Renee was, Zellweger. But she's only in it for a small. Matter of fact, <clears throat> she's an uncredited. Like she's one of the. Yeah, the the girls like the at the at the where they're doing the hazing. You know, yeah, so, uh, but there's a, there's there's several other people in there. Um, we were trying to I can't remember the guy's name now. We were actually talking about it last night. Um, the guy that was in Rent, uh, he's been in a bunch of stuff. Uh, you know what I'm talking yeah, about? Yeah, I can't think. But of his he was. Name. I mean, and, and it's just one of those things. And, um, uh, like one of the original cast members or something. Yeah, actually, he he did. Yeah, he did, and, he, and was in the movie. And you know, like he's done a bunch of stuff. He's not yeah. just that. Um, that's that. Me and my wife's friend Tanya, that's like one of her favorite things. Oh, really? Yeah, she loves Rent. I like it somewhat. I, it's okay. It's, it's not my favorite Broadway play, but I like it. I'll watch, I, and, and I'll be honest, I saw it in I saw it whenever it toured yeah. back in the, the 90s. And I was like, eh, it's okay. I like the music, but I didn't really care for the, the story itself so much. Yeah. But then when they put, put out the movie, I saw it, and I was like, I really, I really like this now. I don't know if it just took... Some time for it to grow on me. I've never whatever. seen either one. Yeah, it, it's okay. It's okay. Anyway, Days and Confused. That's, that's great a good ensemble one. cast and one of those things where it was like, okay, this came out the very beginning of the '90s, and you saw these people become stars yeah. over time. You know, so uh, yeah, it, it was that. kind of the new um, Brat Pack. Yes. Yeah, kind of, sort of. Eh, yeah, kind of, sort of, so, kind of, sort of, maybe. Uh, and speaking anyway. of them, that brings me into number seven, which is the Breakfast Club. Good one, good one. Another one we've talked about on the yep this uh, this uh, this show that would go back to our um, the most Gen X. Yes, where we talked about it there. Um, another one. Let's see. Um, Anthony Michael Hall, Emilio um, Estevez, Judd Nelson. Sheedy, uh, Ali uh, Ali Sheedy. Sheedy and Molly Ringwald. Yep. 
and great cast. Yeah. Brat, you know, Brat Pack. Good movie. Again, very Gen X movie. Yeah. Of okay, well here's you know this series. We're, we're all a little bit of all of those. Exactly, exactly. And yeah. You know, just kind of the the disillusionment of a of a whole generation of oh, you mean I got to be here? All right, fine, whatever. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Good movie, good soundtrack again. Awesome soundtrack. Awesome. Yeah, you know, uh, get the Smiths on it. Uh, <laughs> you know, it's like, again, we went back to our whole yeah. <laughs> like the Smiths, hate Morrissey. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> finally, one with no controversy or mocking from you. What you agreed on that? One. What's your number seven? My number seven is another Ben Affleck movie. What is it with you and Affleck? Uh, this is the kind of the last one. Uh, Chasing Amy. Oh. Okay. Okay. I rewatched this recently. At one time, this movie would have been a lot higher on the list. Yeah. Um, that had a lot to do with where I was at that time in my life and also being young and you know, being a big Kevin Smith fan and you know, all this kind of stuff. It is a really good movie. It. I have read and heard from different people who when, I, when I've said this that they're like, how can you like that movie because blah, 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 you know? I, I will admit and, it is not one of my favorite okay. Kevin Smith movies. I mean, it's okay. Yeah. Well, it it, it is that on the, it, it's the it's the end of the original <clears throat> Jersey trilogy. Yeah. I mean, it really, I mean, it's when you had Clerks, you had Mallrats, and then you had Chasing Amy. And it wrapped it up in a nice bow. Yeah, and then you know it went on after that. You got Dogma, and you got Jay and Silent Bob Strikes Back, mm-hmm. and Clerks Two, and now Jay and Silent Bob reboot, and which I just got in the mail. I, it's, it's, it's if you like Kevin Smith, you're gonna like this movie. I can't wait to actually because watch it. it is. I, I heard someone. This is not mine, but it's true. <laughs> I heard someone on a podcast I listen, another podcast I listen to, saying that it is basically saying that Avengers Endgame. If you have not seen the other twenty one movies prior to it, is actually more accessible than Jay and Silent Bob reboot is. <laughs> and it's true because every bit of it hinges on the fact that you've seen all the other movies. Oh yeah. I mean, and like not even like oh well I know you know, I know Captain America, I know this, I know yeah. that I can I can get into this. Okay, this bad thing happened, okay, this is where we're going. This is if you if you've not this seen is any the of the movies inside prior, joke to the inside exactly. joke exactly it it is a I, if you have not seen any of the other movies you're not going to understand what's going on here it's a, I can't wait to watch it and it it actually came with a bonus because I ordered it from the company that mm-hmm. Kevin Smith's doing the distribution with so I got the Blu-ray mm-hmm. but they also sent me basically what would have been the credentials for Chronic Con right right you which know, is in the movie which is so, in the movie so, so that, that's kind of cool so yeah Chasing Amy I love the movie I mean it's as far as a, a movie that actually has a lot to say about relationships, just in general, I think this movie nails it of like the insecurities that we all have, yeah, in relationships, even in even in the best of circumstances, we all I, have the insecurities inside of a relationship. And this movie, like, kind of, it is that whole, like, okay, let's turn a bright light on this and see what scurries, you know, and it's, yeah. and it's not always nice at all. So. Well, relationships are messy. Yes. And it doesn't matter if it's a good relationship or a bad relationship or mm-hmm. a relationship of um, unrequited love. Right. Um, they're all messy. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, you're right. It's kind of a, okay, turn the lights on, let's see what scurries. Right. Um, which I can't, I can't take that away from you. I mean, you're right about that. Mm-hmm. It just, it's just not one of my. 
I like the Kevin Smith movies. It's not well. You know, it beats Dogma. I know, you don't, I know you don't like Dogma, and Dogma's not in my top. I mean, it's but, it, honestly, is, but it is one of them. You know? And honestly, the the Avengers comparison mm-hmm. to the Jane Silent Bob was a nice tie in because yeah. Stan Lee. Oh yeah, is he, is a big part of that. Well, he's small rats. He's in. Oh that. Yes, yeah. no, it's you're right. Rats. I yeah. screwed that one up. That's a, uh, but part See, of the universe, you, you know. You know those better than I, know, I do. That's because I'm a geek. So, anyway, so that's why number seven is chasing Amy. What is your number six? Is it the Godfather? <laughs> it is the Godfather. <laughs> if you listen to our overrated episode, you know where we're going to, you know. Yeah, screw you. It's the Godfather. It's one of the greatest movies ever made. If you say so. Okay. <laughs> it just didn't hit me. And I mean, that's. I, and I like all three of them. I like everyone. Probably once every two years, mm-hmm. once every three years, I'll sit down and I'll watch all three of them back to back. Fair enough. And I really enjoy that. Okay. So. That's that's my number six. Okay, that's all you're gonna say about it. It's all I'm gonna say okay, about it because fine. I I hashed that thing out okay, fairly we, well in we our overrated, okay, okay, okay. and you know how much I We're, love that. We got movie. a lot of callback on stuff here, so <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of okay. like Jane and Bob the reboot. If you haven't listened to the rest of them, you're yeah, okay. gonna have to catch up. My number six is a movie you probably do not know. Uh, okay, it came out in 1996. 1996. And the name of it is Beautiful Girls. It was directed by Ted Demi, who okay. is no longer with us. Um, Ted Demi is probably best known for being the one that created and and ran MTV or uh, Yo MTV Raps. Okay. Back in the yeah, you think about that. It's like Ted yeah. Demi. Wow, really? No, but he 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 had that. Um, and um, yeah, he died in like. 2002, I think, or 2001, 2002. He was pretty young. I think he was only like 35 or 36 years old. He had a massive heart attack. Wow. Yeah. And um, uh, But anyways, Beautiful Girls is... God, we could do a whole episode on this and, and some other... That goes to some ancillary stuff that kind of goes into it. But this has one of the most 90s casts that ever 90s. Okay? Okay. <laughs> Here we go. All right. Timothy Hutton. Yeah. Are you writing this down? No. <laughs> keep you're, you're keep going. I'll listen. Timothy Hutton. Okay. Yeah. Matt Dillon. Okay. Michael Rappaport. Okay. Rosie O'Donnell. Okay. Uh, Lauren Holly. Okay. Natalie Portman. Yeah. Uma Thurman. Love Uma Thurman. And Mira Savino. Oh, Okay. I mean, this is the most '90s, yeah, the most '90s movie that ever '90s. The only thing that's missing is Ethan Hawke, basically, or One Under Rider. When you put one of those two in there, and you have the most '90s movie ever, okay? Uh, or River Phoenix. Well, he was dead by that point. Oh so well, yeah, yeah. But but yeah, just saying. Basically, what it is, is Timothy Hutton's character, uh, Willie, is coming back to his hometown. It's supposed to be, I guess it's their 10 year reunion, high school reunion, you know, somewhere in there that they never quite specify, but I'm, you assume it's somewhere in that, okay? Sure. So he's uh, he's been living in New York. Oh, uh, and uh, um, Annabella Gish is in it also. I forgot almost. Oh, and there's a small, um, I, I keep saying that. It's like Annabella Gish is in it, and then I also forgot David Arquette is in it. Oh, well. wow. So yeah, most, most 90s movie that ever 90s. Basically, he's coming back home. For his high school reunion, he's kind of at that point in his life where he's trying to figure out. He's a he's a musician, and it's not going well, and he's trying to figure out what he's going to do 
going forward. And it's all of his friends are still back in Knights Ridge and it's kind of him coming back. And of course they're all like, Hey, you know, so what's going on? You know, how's, how's it going? And, and he's, he's, he's basically at a trying to figure out what's going on. Yeah. Natalie Portman is <clears throat> like, this is, I don't know if it's the next movie after the professional or it's, it's one of those where it's like, she's still yeah. really young. She's that's like, a great yeah, movie by the way. She's a young teenager in this, you know, and, and she's the next door neighbor and she's kind of the, she plays the kind of precocious wise beyond her years, you know, young kid that you see in a lot of these movies yeah. and stuff, you know? Um, but it's really good because it, because it's, and then she turns around and plays the most naive, believe anything you want to know. In, yeah. In the I mean, star Wars prequels. Yeah. It's a good movie. You own it. I, of course I own it. Okay. Um, We're going to have to sit down and watch it. Again, then. I'm going to drop another clip in here because it's got this wonderful monologue oh, that boy. we are going to listen to right now. Hey, you're both fucking insane. You want to know what your problem is? MTV, Playboy, and Madison fucking Avenue. Yes, let me explain something to you, okay? Girls with big tits have big asses. Girls with little tits have little asses. That's the way it goes. God doesn't fuck around. He's a fair guy. He gave the fatties big, beautiful tits. And the skinnies, little, tiny nibblers. It's not my rule. You don't like it, call him. Hey, Mitch. Thank you. Oh, guys, look what we have here. Look at this. Your favorite. Oh, you like that? I'd go along with that. Yeah, that's nice, right? Well, it doesn't exist, okay? Look at the hair. The hair is long, is flowing, it's like a river. Well, it's a fucking weave, okay? No. And the tits. Please, I could hang my overcoat on them. Tits by design were invented to be suckled by babies. Yes, they're purely functional. These are Silicone City. And look, my favorite, the shaved pubis. Pubic hair being so unruly and all. Very key. This is a mockery, this is a sham, this is bullshit. Oh. Implants, collagen, plastic, cap teeth, the fat sucked out, the hair extended, the nose fixed, the bush shape. These are not real women, all right? They're beauty freaks. And they make all us normal women with our wrinkles, our puckered boobs, hi, Bob, our cellulite feel somehow inadequate. Well, I don't buy it, all right? But you fucking mooks, you think if there's a chance in hell that you'll end up with one of these women, you don't give us real women anything approaching a commitment. It's pathetic. I don't know what you think you're gonna do. You're gonna end up 80 years old drooling in some nursing home, then you're gonna decide it's time to settle down, get married, have kids? What are you gonna find, a cheerleader? Charge it, Mitch. I think you're oversimplifying. Oh, eat me. Look at Paul. With his models on the wall, his dog named Elle McPherson. He's insane. He's obsessed. You're all obsessed. If you had an ounce of self-esteem, of self-worth, of self-confidence, you would realize that as trite as it may sound, beauty is truly skin deep. And you know what? If you ever did hook one of those girls, I guarantee you'd be sick of her. Yeah, I suppose I'd get sick of her after about, what, 20 or 30 years? Hmm. Get over yourself. Thank you, Mitch. What? Say hello to Gertrude. No matter how perfect the nipple, how supple the thigh, unless there's some other shit going on in the relationship besides the physical, it's gonna get old, okay? And you guys, as a gender, have got to get a grip. Otherwise, the future of the human race is in jeopardy. What was that? I have to wait for you, Pete? I don't know. You could slow down. Great ass. 
Nice tits. Come on, let's go. <laughs> I can't. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Why do I expect anything uh, else? Look, that's you? funny and true on so many levels as well, in, in <laughs> some ways. Uh, I've been guilty of it, I know. But... <laughs> But it's one of those movies, you know, it's kind of that whole, we're getting older, we got to figure out what's going on, you know, people like, yeah. Matt Dillon's character's mm-hmm. trying to figure out, you know, if he wants to stay, he's still in, he's still like having, carrying on an affair with mm-hmm. his high school girlfriend, even though he's dating someone else and, you know, this kind yeah. of stuff. It's one of those movies, you know, it, it there's, there's other great monologues in there that the, Michael Rappaport has one where he's talking about like the models, like, you know, that kind of stuff that is just spot on perfect so okay. anyways beautiful girls i loved it oh great soundtrack too oh really another one of those uh it's got uh, uh afghan wigs and uh, uh chris isaac is yeah. on it and uh who i've seen in concert trying to think great I entertainer know, I know. i'm trying to think uh i'm trying to think <clears> of some <throat> of the other. great soundtrack okay great right. soundtrack so anyway so what is your number five? Um, I have a thing for gangster movies. Okay. And my number five is Goodfellas. Good movie. I Good Scorsese, okay? Yeah, this good, is... <laughs> good Scorsese, yeah. Uh, um, the, the one he should have won the Oscar for. Uh, let's be honest. The cinematography okay? in this thing is mm-hmm. amazing. The long follow-through shots. Yeah, the striking the, shots, yep. Well, the, tra- the one where they show up at the restaurant. Yes, and, and there's a line through. at the door, and yes. they go through the service entrance yes. and through the yes. basement and yes. the kitchen, and then end up right stage mm-hmm. center. You know, they bring the table in. That's exactly. a great shot. Exactly. Uh, the helicopter chase at the oh, end, yeah. where yeah. you know he's hiding in people's garages mm-hmm. and you know all that. The, it, the great thing with that is that you're not sure that it's 100 percent true. To begin with, you yeah. think he's just being paranoid, and then it's like, oh no, it's happening. The so. the breaking of the fourth wall, yes, to to add to the story. Right. I mean, brilliant. And this is where I'm going to bag on Scorsese a little bit because they, they just came out with The Irishman, right? And it felt like he decided to get all of his best friends together and rehash mm-hmm. Goodfellas all over again. That and while yeah. I I enjoyed The Irishman, it, it really felt. Even though it's supposed to be based on a real story, it felt very derivative. Right, right. I have not seen it. Um, very derivative. I, I mean, from my overrated, you know that I'm not a huge Scorsese yeah, fan. I, I do love Goodfellas, though. And I, and <clears throat> there there are other movies that he's done that I like. Um, yeah. But, but Goodfellas is probably my favorite of those. It did not make my list, but... I, I like that movie. I will sit down and watch it, you know, the drop of a hat. Mm-hmm. If I'm flipping through the channels and it's on, that's as far as yeah. I'm going until it's over. Fair enough. And Joe Pesci's and great in that. You want to talk about was... a great soundtrack? Oh yeah, oh yeah. Well, I mean, we go, stones, we yeah. go. Well, no, it's it's Scorsese loves it. The Stones and Clapton and all that stuff. So. Well, I mean, it goes straight from you know real Goomba, mm-hmm. you know that whole Italian you know Rat Pack, you know all that right. era right up into Layla. Yeah. You know, it, and, it uses, and it also uses the uh, the Sid Vicious version of um, um, My Way yeah. over the credits. You know, so and, yeah, so yeah, yeah Goodfellas is a good a good pick. That, yeah, that's a good. One. That was what number five. It was number five. This is where I throw you a little bit of a curve. Okay, It's a Wonderful Life. That's a great movie. I love that movie. I mean, I love that movie. And, and Jimmy Stewart. Oh, man. Okay. Well, not only that, but he, he, 
when you see him breaking down and like falling apart, mm-hmm. he had just done his time. Yes, in the this military. was the first movie that he did after World War Two. Yes, and he had gone to war, and he had PTSD. Back. Yes, and he actually let the PT he purposely let the PTSD show through yeah. in those scenes well, where he's falling apart. There is a great scene when George and Mary are on the phone. Um, and their friend uh, and Sam calls. Yeah, you know? and it's one of the things that like Mary's Mary's mother wants her to get to yeah to start dating Sam because you know he's got he's rich and all this kind of stuff. Of course, she's been in love with George since they were kids. You yeah, know? and they're sitting there and they're both on the phone. And it's one of those old you know where they've got the they, they've got the the mouthpiece and they've got yeah. the the earpiece standing up and they're and they're sitting there <clears throat> and it's like the tension that yeah. builds between. Um, Jimmy Stewart and um, and Donna Reed, you can it's like it's palp like you can see it on the of like the two of them just like falling for each other. He's been fighting it. He's been fighting it yeah. for years, and then all of a sudden it's just uh, the uh, wall comes down. Yeah, and, and it's it's such such a great scene. And then of course you know you get into the the end of everybody remembers the end, of, like the last twenty minutes of the movie. Yeah, but there's a whole lot. Before that, prior to that, of all the things that he did that's happened in his life, and he feels like a failure, but he's not. He has done so much to impact everyone around him that, yeah, you know, and that's the whole, and that's the whole, the premise of the movie is, you know, every man's life touches everyone around them, and, yeah. and you know, he actually gets to see what happens when he's not there, yeah, and yeah, and of course that this was not a hit. When it was released, no, it was I mean, a failure. And people, as a matter of fact, the <clears throat> studio didn't even want to release it at first because they thought it was too depressing um, for as a post-war. You know, I think it came out what forty-six, forty-seven. I, I so it was a know. couple of years after the war. It was somewhere. It was it was in the late forties somewhere. It was after the war was had been over for a couple of years, and the studio was like, "This is too depressing." What's his name? The director. Now I can't remember the director's name. I'm, I'm failing. <laughs> I'm failing at my own movies here. You got a magic witch box. I in your do. Head. I could. I could look it up, but I'm not going to. Was was very adamant about not making changes to it, and it was one of those things that it found when it started hitting television in the 50s and 60s. I guess it was in the 60s when it started hitting television. Was when it really found its footing. Yeah. I will say this: when we were growing up, because anybody that wanted to could show this thing. And during the Christmas holidays, it would yeah. play constantly. Well, you got, you basically had um, Charlie Brown Christmas. Mm-hmm. You had Miracle on 34th Street. Mm-hmm. You had. Yeah, Miracle on 34th Street. Yeah, Miracle right. on 34th yeah. Street. And then It's a Wonderful Life. Right. But I mean, it played constantly. Yeah. And I'm not even joking. One year over, um, actually, it's funny because it was just this 30 years ago, this past, like it was between, it was over the 89. I was in high school, you know, and my, I, my English teacher, whom I still love to this day, she's my favorite teacher of all time. She is my favorite teacher of all time. I was not doing so well in her class. And she's like, okay, if you will write a journal like every day and then give it back to me. Yeah. Over the Christmas holiday, I'll give you extra credit. I'm like, okay, cool. I watched It's a Wonderful Life 48 times. Good grief. Because it played that often. <clears throat> I kind of got in this, oh, it's on here. Oh, look, it's on over. Oh, oh well, it's going to end here, and then it's going to come. It's going to start in this other. And I watched it as often as I could. It was on that much. Wow. Between, you know, the week before Christmas and 
New Year, you yeah. know, type. And I wrote, I did, I wrote it down every time, you know, of like, I watched this wonderful life again. Actually, I watched it three times today. I watched it on this channel, this channel, this channel, you know, type stuff. Yeah. And, and none of these were doing like marathons where they were like, you know, like the Christmas story thing. It was like, no, yeah, these t- were all TBS, right. 24 hours of Christmas. Exactly. Story. But the thing is, is that somewhere in the, the mid nineties, NBC bought the exclusive rights to it. It only airs one time a year now on, yeah. on, t- on network television. It's on NBC, and they make it a three hour deal. Like you will sit there and watch. Like I'm not joking. You will watch ten minutes of this movie, and then there'll be a commercial, and then they'll show ten minutes of this movie, and there'll be a commercial, and they'll show ten minutes uh, until they stretch it out for three hours, and it's unwatchable that way. Yeah, uh, I have a DVD copy of it. Uh, I remember when they colorized it. Whenever um, you know uh, Ted Turner was doing all that stuff back in the late eighties, I, think I you saw know? it once and I and hated it. Wasn't, it. it yeah, it's you like, gotta I watch, like you got to watch the original you in, know, black, and in black and white. Same with Miracle on Thirty Fourth Street. A good movie. I mean, just yeah. a good, good movie. Um, <clears throat> yeah, that's probably my only like. Oh shucks, life's wonderful movie that I have on yeah. here, you know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so anyway, it's a wonderful life is my number five. So. Well, what's I'm, your number four? I'm, along the same theme, but completely different. Mm-hmm. Believe it or not, my number four is National Lampoon's Christmas, Christmas Vacation. vacation. <laughs> because it's about a guy who wants the best for his family. Right, he wants right. to give them the best Christmas possible, mm-hmm. and everything. And anything that goes, could go wrong does, does yep. go wrong. Yep. Yep. And that's how I feel a lot of times. It's mm-hmm. like I'm working the hardest I can to do the best I can mm-hmm. for my friends and my family. And life is just constantly kicking me in the nuts the whole time I'm trying to do it. And that's very much it's a wonderful life. Yeah. George Bailey, he, he wants to travel. He yeah. wants to get out of Bedford Falls and go and see the world. And he never does. Yeah. You know, and just one thing after another keeps him, yeah. keeps him there, keeps him there, keeps him there, keeps him there. But we but, find out that he was needed to be there. Yeah. So it's, I mean, but, you know, and this is a guy that he wants it so bad for himself and for his family. He overdoes it. Mm-hmm. He tries way too hard, which I can completely <laughs> relate to in my life. Right. And because he does it, you know, tries so hard, he, you know, he screws everything up, mm-hmm. which I can totally relate <laughs> to. <laughs> We've all done that. In so. my life. But, okay. um, and of course, everybody's got a crazy cousin Eddie in their family. Oh, God. Sometimes I'm the crazy uncle Andy. So it's, well, it's, most, it's, most, <laughs> most, you know what I'm absolutely terrified mm. is that I'm going to end up being the crazy uncle Eddie yeah. for my family. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm really there are worse afraid things of that. to be. Yeah. Um, yeah. Anyway. We, we could debate that, but that's my that's, that's my number, number four. four. My number four, and actually my favorite scene. Mm-hmm. Out of that is when he accidentally gets locked in the attic. Yeah, and he's watching all the movies. And he's watching all the movies. That is a sweet moment in the middle of this yeah. chaos, you know, of, yeah. And I, I got to give it to Chevy Chase. He really plays that. Yeah. The look, like, just the look of, like, all. Like, not really all, but the look of, like, just. Reminiscing. Reminiscing. And, and just, loving and those loving, moments. Yeah, I know. And knowing, and, and knowing that, and you're watching the video, the, the home movies. Right. And you can see how screwed up. It's going all the way back. All I the know, way back. I know, I know. But he has such fond memories exactly. of that time, and he sees them in such a different light that he's trying to give that to his exactly. family. Exactly, exactly. So. And then the mother-in-law comes along and, and jerks the <laughs> jerks the, the fold-up stairs right out from underneath and him. And that says so much about or that was movie. It with, No, it was the wife. It was his wife. It was his wife, because the mother-in-law was the yeah. one who locked him in the attic. Yeah. 
And it says so much about that movie, about <laughs> that character, Clark Griswold. And I'm yeah. I'm just going to say when it when it comes to in laws, I actually hit the lottery. So oh, there you go. Yeah, I I I fully expect to never be locked in the attic by well, my mother in law. You you, you hope? <laughs> no, I'm pretty sure on that one. Okay, my number four. Yeah, I think this is going to catch you by surprise. I, nothing about you surprises me anymore. Breakfast at Tiffany's. Okay, I love this movie. You caught me by surprise. I love this movie. Really? I've loved this movie since I was a kid. I watched it with my, my mom. Used to watch all these movies and you know everything. Oh yeah, my and, mom made me watch all it, the old movies and, it was and one musicals of those things and all that. that. Yeah, yeah. And I, I got tortured with Oklahoma. I love Oklahoma. <laughs> I love Oklahoma, man. Dude, she used to wake we us up in the mornings. No, she. <laughs> we would be in a dead sleep, and she would come in the room and start singing that. Oh, okay. The mornings are rising oh, yeah, and yeah. welcome yeah, the dawn. Yeah. Corn is high as an elephant's eye. Yeah. yeah I know. Hi. Oh, oh, what a beautiful morning. Yes. Yes. Oh. What a beautiful day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. God. Anyway. Sorry. Breakfast at Tiffany's. <laughs> I, I, have a, I have a special place uh, in my heart for those 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 musicals. I, I, from I probably need therapy yeah. from some of the things that my... Yeah. Uh, anyway. Um, breakfast at Tiffany's. That was loud. Sorry. Uh, like I said, I started. I, I watched. I watched it the first time with my mom when I was a kid, and not understanding what was going on. And yeah, it, sure. It was a movie. It had a, a it had a pretty lady in it, you know, and all that kind of stuff. And I'm sorry, Audrey Hepburn. Oh, is gorgeous. Yeah, and she plays this the Holly Golightly role so well. The thing that really messed me up with this movie is that when I was in college, I finally got a copy of. Uh, the story, Breakfast at Tiffany's, at Truma Capote. Right? Yeah. Wow. Well, of course, in 1961, when they made this movie, there was no way they were going to be able to put that version of Hollywood Lightly on film. No. In no possible way. But, yeah, it's one of those things where it's like, uh, I understand this movie has some problems. The whole Mickey, yeah. uh, Mickey Rooney playing uh, an Asian man, Mr. <laughs> is, it's... Yeah, it's pretty rough. Okay, well, it, I mean, it's pretty rough. Consider okay? the time, but it's still pretty rough. Well, yeah. I mean, it's. I'm not saying I'm not saying that it's wrong or it's right. I'm not right. leaning either right. way. I'm just going. It was what 1961. It doesn't make it right, but it was a different time. Yeah. No. Um, that aside, you can go ahead and hate me for it. I, I don't care. No, I don't hate. I just. I'm just. I. I'm just, I'm just saying. I acknowledge. Yeah, this is not something we would do today. No, hopefully, and it, yeah, it is what it is. But and also the fact that, and of course, there's that that Seinfeld episode where George joins the book club and they're supposed to read Breakfast at Tiffany's and all he does is watch the movie. Yeah, and you know, and it's the whole like, oh well, Fred, you know, blah blah blah, and, you know, and I think it's great that him and Fred get together, and they're like, Fred's gay. Which in the book he is, in the story yeah. he is, you know. I mean, come on, Truman Capote. I know, I know, but it's it's such a good movie. In the 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 Holly Go Lightly, you know, because we we find out her real name's Ida Mae something or other, you know, she's from Arkansas or I forget where it is exactly, but it's one of those things. She <clears throat> went away to the city, yeah. completely re. Invented herself, which a lot of people with a do. Whole different, like whole different personality, whole different persona, whole different name, whole different everything, and is just this real. She has goals in life, for good or bad, 
that she's trying to accomplish, which is basically marry someone who's got money. Yeah. Because she doesn't want to be, basically she doesn't want to be poor white trash anymore is what it comes down to. Yeah. And it's, the soundtrack is so good. So the Henry Mancini, you know, oh, all of yeah. that kind of stuff. Of course, you know, he, he wrote um, Moon River for this. Yeah. And I love Moon River. I think it's a great song. Yeah. And, um, but the, but the score, the rest of the, the, the score for that movie is just so good. And, um, but yeah, I love it. It's just, got, it's got the whole, I mean, just the whole, the way they film New York, the way they film her, cinematography, the, the lighting. It, it is, yeah. you know, and it, and it, even for its time, and like I said, they cleaned up quite a bit from the story. Yeah. It's still a pretty, because, Fred is sleeping with a rich woman to basically she's taking care of him and he's giving it to her. Yeah. And that's, that's what it is. You know, he's a, he's a writer that's not doing well, you know, and all this kind of stuff. And so it's, it's an interesting he's story. Got a sugar yeah, mama. yeah, pretty much. You know, it, it's a, it's a, it's an interesting story all in all. So anyway, breakfast at <laughs> Tiffany's. I love that movie. So there we go. All right. What is your number three? Actually, I'm gonna I'm gonna do a double punch on you Uh-oh. on this one because they're kind of tied together. Okay. Number three, see see if you can figure out the the common theme here. Just give me number three. Number three is McClintock. John Wayne. Yeah. Okay. Number two is the mm-hmm. the Quiet Man. The Quiet Man. That's a good one, also. You know that reminds me. I got an honorable mention now. That I think about. <laughs> I keep adding to the honorable mention. Um, again, this is one of those like, oh crap! I should have I should have thought about this one more. I I'm a huge John Wayne fan. I okay. love all, and I'm generally it's it's the John Wayne westerns. I don't really get into his war movies. They're that that just doesn't no. do it for me. I like the westerns. The, I, 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 I agree the with John you there. the John Ford John Wayne. Oh, yeah. You know, combination between that cinematography and the oh, way they on. shot those westerns. True grit. True, yeah, true grit, true grit, Rooster Cockburn. You know all the all that the Cowboys. The Cowboys is one of my Cowboys honorable mentions. Is a great movie. It's one of the very few that he dies in. I know. Um, but McClintock. McClintock is. Is that that is a western, right? That is a western. Okay. What's the one I'm thinking of that's not a western where he plays a detective? I don't know. Uh, it's something along. It's, it's a name like that. Yeah. Whatever. Okay. But, Anyways, McClintock. But so. McClintock and Quiet Man mm-hmm. both have as his female counterpart, um, um, O'Hare, Ka- um, Catherine O'Hara. Catherine O'Hara. No, Catherine Hepburn. No. Is it Catherine O'Hara? Mm-hmm. The redhead. Go ahead. Okay, no, no I, but, I just want to make sure because I think I think I actually think Catherine O'Hara is um, uh, from Beetlejuice, and um, I think we got the name mixed up. Is all it well, is. Well, it so. might be, but it's it's the same female actor. Um, McClintock. But McClintock, it, he he's basically has built his own fortune, and. The whole his whole ranch, Maureen O'Hara. Maureen, thank Maureen you. O'Hara. Yeah, Catherine O'Hara. Yeah, yeah she's you're right. A Beetlejuice Maureen. and you know. Yeah, uh, thank yeah. you. You know me. I, if I no, sleep, it's a hard. I reboot. said the same thing. Yeah, yeah Maureen O'Hara. So. But you know, redhead. She's the female counterpart in okay. both movies. Um, in McClintock, she is the firebrand wife. Okay. Who's trying to divorce him because she's gone to New York. Oh, okay. And oh. it's it's the whole. Where they get back together, right? 
And it's just my favorite right. Western from John Wayne. And then The Quiet Man, he's a boxer in Ireland, correct? He is an American right. who was a boxer in, Amer- in America. Right. And there's been a tragedy. Mm-hmm. And he has gone home to where his mother was born in Ireland. Mm-hmm. And so he's basically an American in Ireland trying right. to establish himself there. Right. And that's where he meets Marine. Okay. I, I've seen, again, my mom, huge John Wayne fan. That is actually the only non-cowboy John Wayne movie that I like. And really? that's like, I love that movie. Hmm. The whole, the once again, the cinematography, mm-hmm. the, the coloring mm-hmm. of the movie. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah um, the Technicolor, the way they used to do that. Oh, man, it's so gorgeous. The, the It goes back to what we were... T- Earlier when we, the when we humor were, in that movie, yeah, is just hysterical. earlier when Dave and I were, you know, we went got something to eat. And we were listening, <clears> and, we were, and I had put on uh, the Eagles' Desperado album. Yeah, and there's the opening song is because is this song called Doolin Dalton, and I was telling him it was like this because it's all it, that is essentially a country album, and it's all a very western album. It's all you know? pre. It's all cow- Walsh. Yeah, it's all cowboy songs basically, yeah. and they do this wonderful like this wonderful production on in, in the second verse of this song where you feel like you're on a prairie. Yeah. I mean, just, and that's a lot of this movie is like, no, that I see this. Yeah. I understand this 100%, you know, of how that, uh, sons of Katie elder. There's another, oh, that's another that's good another one. You know, good one. Yeah. I even like the Alamo as um, inaccurate as it, as it is, you know, some stuff, but it big Jake. Big, yeah. That's yeah, a good that's one. That's a good one. I got one. I'm gonna go ahead and say it's, it's in my it's in my honorable mention. Yeah. After you said, I was like, oh wait a second, how did I forget this one? El Dorado. Oh, that's such that, a good one too. El Dorado and Rio Bravo. Yeah, are those essentially are good the ones same too. movie. Mississippi. Yeah, they're they're essentially the same movie. They you know? are, but they're both so good. But El Dorado is my favorite. Can of the we two. just go ahead and put all the John, all Wayne, the John Westerns Wayne Westerns on here? <laughs> I, I love the John Wayne. I know. And we kind of so, got off. Okay, so, so you, that's you my two of those. that's that's my that's my two and my three. Number three is McClintock. Number two is a Quiet Man. Okay, fair enough. Uh, my number. Okay, I'm going to go ahead and say this right now. My one, two, and three. Okay. At any given time, rotate around depending could, on the day. It and depends your mood. on the day and my mood. But as of today, give me number three. My number three is almost famous. You, you see, you meant. I love that movie. Love that movie. And I almost mentioned it while you were talking about um, Breakfast at Tiffany's uh-huh. because you can see that character being emulated by Penny Lane. Penny Lane's absolutely yeah. She yeah. Completely, you know, her real name was a lady. Um, oh, what was her last? name? She finally tells her real name. Yeah. Like late, you know, it's it's Lady something or I can't remember that. But it is one of those things where she completely just reinvented herself. Yeah. I, I, this is who I want to be. These are the people I want to be around. Well, she. In the movie, really, she reinvented herself twice mm-hmm. because there was the person she was. Then she became Penny Lane, right. and then when she put, um, oh, the two main characters, oh yeah, Russell, Russell and, and William, together William together at the end of it, yeah. Then she is cashing in all her partial tickets to, to go to Morocco and reinvent herself again. I know, I know. So it's a, uh, but that is such a. It's hard to believe this movie came out twenty years ago. All right. Later this year, it'll be 20 years. Yeah. Um, this might deserve a full episode of us doing a dive on this one. No, I, I agree. The soundtrack is amazing. The, the music that they recorded for the fictional yes, band is, yeah, the, 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 yes. You can't get any more stuff. Fever Dog, the song they did, that, that yeah. they actually performed. Like, I have said many times, that is one of the best live 
quote unquote live performances I've seen in a movie. Yeah. Of like a fictitious band. Of like, no, this captures the feel yeah. of what it's like to be well, at a concert. I'll say another movie that does it really well. Well, and a concert at at in that era. Because yes. concerts aren't like that anymore. No, 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 no. I'll say an, another another movie that does a really good job of capturing that concert feel, like a performance feel, is A Star is Born, the one that came out last oh, year. Oh, yeah. That's the, the actually Bradley a... Cooper stuff is like, no, dude, that... Because, of course, they also... They filmed it at Coachella. Like, they actually... He learned to play the guitar yeah. and actually you know, do all that stuff. So he's actually up there playing with a band, and they captured it. So well, it, I think like, he actually played a little guitar... Because I saw no. an, I saw an interview because they actually recorded the music here in Nashville, right? And, and they, it was Willie Nelson's son that was, like worked with him on all of it. And I there was a there was a couple him. different songwriters that worked with him on mm-hmm. it. And when he found out that he could sing and he could play a little guitar, right. he was like, oh, "Okay, we yeah. got something yeah. we can work with here." But yeah, but that's like I said. But one of my favorite, it's near the end of the movie, and I, of course I can't remember her name. I think it's Violet. It's Faruza Balk's character, okay? Yeah. And this is after everything's gone down, and she's backstage, you know, with still water or whatever, and she goes over and she sits down next to Russell. Yeah. And she has this whole, this kind of mini monologue where she said, you know, she's talking about, do you know what it's like to, to love music, to really love music? Yeah. Can you believe these new girls? None of them use birth control, and they eat all the steak. I mean, they don't even know what it is to be a fan. You know, to truly love some silly little piece of music or some band so much that it hurts. You know, and... Some silly little piece of music. Exactly. And you love it so much. Exactly. And I'm like, no, I... Yes, yeah. I remember that very well. I, there's still music that I love like that, yeah. you know? And that's but the whole thing. I, I that same when, monologue, though, she also kind of marks the change... Oh yeah, in the era oh, yeah. of music because exactly. she's like, she's like, look at these new oh. girls. Well, not even that. I mean, the yeah. whole, you know, the 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 my favorite line, and and they eat all the steak. All the steak. I know. What is that? <laughs> the um, uh, what's his name? Uh, Lester Bangs. You know, with uh, the yeah Seymour uh, Hoffman. Um, Philip Seymour. Philip Seymour Hoffman. Yeah. You know, his he's you know that there's so many things in his that's little actually, monologues. That's still. actually my favorite character in the yeah. movie. It's the Lester Banks. And of character. course, it's a fictionalized character of him and everything. Yeah, but it but is. it's still, I mean, but it's one of those things. You know, like he's talking when he's talking to William the first time. You know, and he's like, "So you must be a star at your school." You know, writing the paper. He's like, "Now they all hate me." He's like, "I ah, don't worry about it. You'll meet them again." And that slow move back to the middle. Yeah. Yeah, and it's like, oh, that's so. That is so nihilistic yeah. and real at the same time, you know. It's just like, yeah. <laughs> and the, and then like you know, where like later he has that whole thing, you know, where he's telling him, he's like, no, they've won. Yeah, they they've already won. They've won. They they. Yeah. This is just an industry of cool now. This is the you know, it's that whole thing where it's like, wow, he and this was the early seventies. Yeah, you know, where it's like, wow. We're talking 72, Three, 73. 73 when this is supposed to have happened. And it's, which, but, which is sad because that's the year I was born. Yeah, that's the year before I was born. I was just gestating at the time, you know. Uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> I was planning my escape. <laughs> okay, <And> so, <laughs> Stewie. Way to anyway, go, Stewie. But it's such a good movie. And, of course, it's, it's Cameron Crowe. And Cameron Crowe has made some singles. Yes. It was a movie that would be in my top 25 probably. I love that you know? movie. 
Um, I just watched it again yeah, here recently, you know, and, and surprisingly holds up for being made in the early nineties. You know, it's like, yeah, you could, you could do a couple of tweaks here and it would still like be yeah. relevant today, you know, anyway, but yeah, another great cast, Philip Seymour Hoffman. Um, of course this was the, this was what introduced us to Kate Hudson. Yeah. Um, Francis McDormand. Yep. Um, uh, Jason Lee. Yeah. <laughs> Wonderful in this movie. Uh, Jimmy Fallon. Yeah, is in it. You know, I mean, it's one of those, uh, Mark Maron's got a small role. I mean, it's one of those things you can kind of go through the balk. You got uh, Anna Paquin. Um, who else is it? It's just kind of one of those. Oh, uh, Zoe Deschanel. This is the first thing people really notice Zoe, Zoe Deschanel in, you know. And well, well, yeah. So, I mean, it's. Of course, you know, that ties right back into Almost Famous. So That's what I'm saying. Yeah. That's what we're talking. So, uh, anyway, that's my number three. I guess I got to do my number two since you already did your number two. Uh, yeah, number two hit me. Number two is a cheat. Number two is a cheat because I put two movies together. Okay, I've done that. Clerks and Clerks Two. Yeah, well, they're, they're kind of the same movie, but not. They're they're the same movie twenty years apart, roughly. Yeah, yeah. Well, ten ish years apart. So, um, man, Clerks. So we've already kind of we've, we've, we, we, we talked about this. We did I know. Clerks and Clerks too. I know, and, and again, go back and listen to it because yeah. we, we really got through. But it is still one of those things that twenty five years later, yeah, Kirk, I was Clerks a little over twenty five years old now, still for our generation, yeah, is is still like rings a bell, you know. And then Clerks too being the okay, here we are ten years later. What have we done? Nothing. Yeah. Nothing. We're still what, here. What's going on? You We're know, still trying a, to figure out what it is we're going to do. Exactly. And yeah. so it's a, but yeah, I, I, we, we said it before, but I, I love that movie. And again, I can sit down and watch it anytime. It doesn't matter. Watch Clerks. Sure. Let's, let's watch it. You yeah. know, seen it can almost quote the thing from beginning to end. Yeah. Don't care. <laughs> you know, it's just, yep. <laughs> so anyway. Yeah. All right. So what's your number one? Number one is also a cheat. It's the original Untouched by Lucas original three Star Wars movies. Star Wars is my number one. The actual, the movie Star Wars. Well, see, my actual number one of those three movies for me is Empire. Right. I'm an Empire guy. Okay. Star Wars. I'm a Star Wars guy. I love, don't get me wrong. I love Star Wars. Mm -hmm. The spectacle, the, the meeting the new characters, you know, and all that. But then you get into Empire. And now you get to find out exactly how screwed up the universe is and how... The galaxy, not the how, universe. Oh, <laughs> There's a difference. <laughs> you get to find out exactly how dark things are. Mm-hmm. You get into the deep of it. You get into the meat of it. Right. And then by the end, you're into the intrigue. The and, reason, then, and then to quote clerks, you know, and Jedi is just, just a, a bunch, bunch of Muppets. Of Muppets. I, yeah. I agree with that. Yeah. Um, Jedi is not my favorite uh, it's uh, we uh, now, get into all that, but we got to do that another time now, because your wife will kill us if we get into a, a yeah, deep dive on this. I know, but we, we, she's already told me that if we do the Star Wars podcast without her, she will kill me yeah. in my sleep. And didn't even say she was going to divorce you. She said she was going to kill you. So she's a redhead. <laughs> divorce is not an option. Death is. Yeah. So Star Wars, I, I have a hard time calling it a new hope. Because, no, because it's because not. it wasn't that that it, that it's came Star later. Wars that came later. Um, I, I will fight anybody that go. Oh no, it's the New Hope. No, I will was, fight it was you. Called Star Wars. I, I will. I will throat punch you in a heartbeat. That was a movie that could have only happened when it did. It could have only had the impact it did when it did at the time that it was released. 
it could have only had the impact on our generation <laughs> the way that it did. Yeah. Um, because I, I really don't think that if you take that movie and you move it forward 10 years, say it never, it didn't come out in 77, it doesn't it came out in like 87. It, does. it doesn't, it's another one of those that goes that this playing on, you know, sci-fi channel yeah. or, or, you know, UHF, UHF channel on Saturday afternoon. You well, know? I mean, and let, let's talk about it. What year did it come out? 1977. 77. Mm-hmm. Vietnam war was, was over. Basically over. Oh, it was over by that point. We had pulled out of, we had yeah. pulled out of there. That was in 75 when we pulled out. So yeah, 75 we're pulled out, but the, you know, we're dealing with the folks coming back mm-hmm. and them not being treated the way mm-hmm. they should have been. And we're talking about, we're starting to get over into well, we got a, the empire, which because we got the cold war going yeah, on. We've, we've got, got the cold you know, war going on. We're now seeing our economy starting to mm-hmm. tank and the, the gas lines and all that. Mm-hmm. And things are pretty depressing. And then this thing shows up right? and it's otherworldly and it's somewhere else. And Everybody is able to completely escape mm-hmm. what's going on into another wonderful, right. beautiful and world. And that's one of those things that just with the original Star Wars movie, the first one, we all projected our, ourselves on Luke Skywalker. Yeah. That's me. We all wanted to be Han Solo, but we were all projecting ourselves on yeah. Luke Skywalker. That's, you know... The, the girls were projecting themselves on the Princess Leia. Yeah, you know, I wanted to you know, be Han Solo. Right, I, I, Han oh, Solo. Wait, yeah, but Han Solo was my guy. I'll, That's who I grew up with. I'll, I'll be honest; it wasn't until I was older that I started to like. I always acknowledged that Han was cool, but I'd never realized that no, that's the character here. You know, it was it was Luke. It was always Luke, Luke was for awesome, me. but for some reason, I was always drawn to Han. Mm-hmm. I mean, this guy. He's basically a space cowboy. Yeah, I've always, you know, I've, well, that was the it, whole thing that with that back, movie. That it, that is a that is a space cowboy movie. Yeah, is what it is. I mean, it, it, you know, and growing up watching John Wayne movies, you know, this guy had a killer gun in a holster. Mm-hmm. He dresses the way he wants to. He's got his own ship. Mm-hmm. He's got a partner that will rip your arms off if he mm-hmm. loses in a game of chess. Right. You know, he's hitting on the girls. You know, he does what he wants to. That reminds me. I, I know that you, you finally saw the Rise of Skywalker. Yes. When they're playing on the Millennium Falcon. Yeah. With Chewie, yeah. and they're like, "Oh, he's cheating. Oh, he's definitely cheating." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was always like, "He's cheating." It's, it's, <laughs> Chewie always cheated. <laughs> but who was going to argue with him? He'll, he'll rip your arms. Win. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Anyway, so yeah. So we, we we wound up on Star Wars. I I kind of thought we might. Yeah. But like I said, at any given point. Almost famous or clerks could move up into that. Yeah. You know, those three the Star Wars trilogy yeah, is always gonna of, be on top. And, and like I said, I take Star Wars because it's a little predictable. You can, well, you can watch it just completely solitary. You yeah. don't have to, you know. Empire you get a little bit of a scroll to first to kind of catch you up, but then yeah. but you're still kinda of like, okay, how do these characters and why do these two not like each other? What is going on here? Blah blah blah. You really do have, and of course Empire or Jet are Jedi, if you haven't seen either of the first one, you're just going to be lost yeah. in what's going on. But it's one of those things where Star Wars, you can just drop into that movie. Yeah. You didn't have to see any prequels. You didn't have to see any sequels. Well, that's you because just, that's it's it. the first one. Exactly. You're, you're getting exactly. your character yeah, it's all the It's all the introductions. Yeah, it's all the introductions. the introductions. You get so. some pretty good action. You you know, you get right. a, a big explosion at the end, and the good guys win at the end. 
You think. You think. <laughs> okay, honorable mentions. Let's go through these real quick. Um, I have Gone with the Wind. I love that movie. I know it's over four hours long, but I love that movie. Again, this goes back to my mom. Yeah. You know, watching it when I was a kid. And I just went last year because it was the uh, the 80th anniversary and saw it in a theater. And that was pretty cool. I, I will so. admit it's one of those movies that everybody should see. Mm-hmm. They should probably see it a couple of times because you can't get it all. Oh, no. It's over first, four hours yeah. long. You have to watch. It, it's you a, know, it's it's one of those. It's, it, you got to put it on the list to watch. Right. I will admit that my mom and my sisters completely burned me out on that. Movie. Fair enough. Fair enough. Because um, I was I was the only boy in the family, and it, you know, Dad was either gone or you know on mm-hmm. a business trip or at work, and I was always outvoted. Okay, so I already said El Dorado. Yeah. Um, Pulp Fiction, which at any time could be up in that top ten. Just kind of, I haven't seen it in a while, and I was kind of looking at it as like. I would need to go back fun. and rewatch it. I admit, I'm more of a Reservoir Dogs guy. Fair enough. The Monster Squad. I love that movie. Uh, okay. Here's one. <clears throat> the Virgin Suicides. I haven't, I've haven't. i heard you talk about I it. I haven't seen, seen it in a while, it. and that's why I didn't put it. I was like, top 25, easily. Pump up the volume. Yes, absolutely. That's in my honorable mention list also. And one that I really kind of wanted, I really wanted to put it in my top 10, but... I'm okay with it sitting basically at number 11. Okay. It's Fight Club. That's a good movie, too. Yeah. Um, I'm sure that if, you know, we expanded this on, I could come up with more and more and more, you know, I mean, especially when you started talking about the John Wayne movies. I was like, crap. That's why I had to put El Dorado on there. I was oh, like, yeah. Because there's so many other ones that, you know. But anyway. Um, it's a, so, honorable mentions for me. Um, Hunt for Red October. Okay. I... I kind of read Clancy anyway, okay. but that that movie I love. You know, Sean Connery as a cranky old Russian submarine guy. Mm-hmm. It, it, I, I buy it. Okay, um, that, that whole, was uh, um, that was Baldwin. One, right? Yeah, Baldwin played uh, yeah. Jack Ryan. Right, yeah, um, the the scene I love in that is when they launch that Russian sub the first time mm-hmm. and they're going into the deep. And they start singing that Russian national anthem, mm-hmm. and it's just kind of echoing throughout the submarine. Right. I mean, that's that's pretty interesting. Yeah, uh, I've got a weird one, um, pun intended. Uh, weird science. Okay, Michael Anthony Hall. Mm-hmm. I forget. I don't think the guy that played his counterpart in that did anything I past remember, that. But um, but Robert, Robert Downey, Downey Jr. is in, in that, and so is um, Bill Paxton. Yeah, and um, of course. Kelly LeBrock. Kelly LeBrock. How can you forget Kelly LeBrock? I mean, it's well, yeah. Uh, you little freaks want to do now. Yeah. <laughs> um, probably this, for me, this is almost the the Gen X coming of age okay. movie um, and gangster movie all in one is Gross Point Blank. Okay. I love that movie. I love the whole. You know, I grew up on Northern Exposure. I oh, yeah. love oh, yeah. that TV show. Oh yeah, that's a good and movie. her working in the radio station oh yeah yeah, and it blowing out onto the street uh, and her doing the commentary over it like chris would have done on right right i love that Mm -hmm. um the fact that dan Aykroyd is trying to kill oh yeah i know plays (laughs) the bad guy in it you know another good soundtrack and it's the whole go back to high pivots come on yeah it's 10 years yeah it's you know going you know going back going back home seeing what everybody else did Oh, nobody felt, you know, did mm-hmm. their, and then reconnecting with the girl. Right. And then being there to kill the girl's father, but then you end up saving him because you yep. want the girl. There you go. So, but the soundtrack on that mm-hmm. movie is amazing. It is, it is a good soundtrack. I so. love that one. 
but the one that probably sits at 11 for mm-hmm. me is a Francis Ford Coppola film called Rumblefish. Okay. I it it's another coming of age movie, but it's about a guy that basically is trying to live up to the reputation of his absentee brother um, and still wishing that gang warfare was going on in his city oh, wow. because he's still trying to, you know, build his gang and, you know, get in fights. And the whole movie is in black and white, except for there's this weird thing with beta fish. If you know what I'm talking about, it's like the Japanese fighting fish. Yeah, They're yeah. very colorful, very, very yeah. flowing. And you can't put more than you can't put more than one in a tank or they'll kill each other. Yeah. I mean, it, exactly. Yeah. But the entire movie is in black and white, except for when they're shooting the um the beta fish. The beta fish. Mm-hmm. And the beta fish are in brilliant, vibrant color. Nice. Which is kind of weird. Mm-hmm. But it, it we're talking about nineteen eighty three for yeah. this movie. Mm-hmm. But the cast of this movie mm-hmm. is one of those all star whoa, what? Mm-hmm. So we're talking about Matt Dillon. Okay. We're talking about Mickey Rourke, who okay. plays the older brother that's uh, motorcycle boy. Okay. Is basically Mickey Rourke before he <clears throat> messed yeah. up his face. <laughs> yeah. Um, Diane Lane is in this okay. thing. Dennis Hopper is in this okay. thing. Nicholas Cage is in this thing. Okay. Tom Waits is in this thing. Right. Chris Penn is in this movie. Okay. Lawrence Fishburne is in this movie. Sophia Coppola, of okay. course, is in this movie. Michael Higgins Jr. Giancarlo Coppola. He put okay. both his kids in the okay. movie. But it's, it's, you know, The Outsiders and Rumblefish are kind of, he kind of did them close to eat right, close right. together, and they're not really companion pieces, but they kind of work, you Fair know, enough. together. Fair enough. Well, cool. I I really like that movie. I have not seen that one in a long time. Yeah, like a long time. And I'll be honest, I'm not 100 percent sure I've seen all of it. Uh, I may. I, it's been a it's been a while. When A and E used to do a lot of art film. Oh yeah. A and E would play this movie probably once a month. Okay. They would play The Outsiders, and then they would play Rumblefish, mm-hmm. like kind of back-to-back. And that's where I saw it for the first time. Okay. So. Cool. Awesome. Well, we had, we had a pretty good job here. Of And it's funny because we only had one movie in common. Yeah, I know. <laughs> How many times? It was, that it hasn't, was number one. It was like. Uh. That hasn't happened the entire time we've right. been doing no, this. I, we I, always I, end I up fully stealing. expected, you know, there was stuff that we weren't going to have. But I thought, well, we'll have more. Yeah. I, I kind of, I was like, I wonder if we're both going to have Star Wars at the top. Oh, absolutely. Like, yeah, yeah. You know? um, but Hi, yeah, I'm a geek. Yeah, yeah. but it, it's, I'm really kind of surprised that you didn't have the crow and your, you know. And, well. So, but I mean, it's. I should have. Honestly, if. If I had to replace a movie in that list with The Crow, mm-hmm. uh, it would probably be one of the Sherlock Holmes. Fair enough. Fair enough. But okay, yeah, The Crow should have been. But like I said, yeah, it is what it is. I watched know. it like four or five times before we right and again, talked about it, and I burned myself out on it. And if I burned myself out on it, I purposely push it out of my head for a while. I gotcha. Yeah. So and again, it's one of those. My list doesn't have to be the same as yours. No, <laughs> so. but we t- we tend to steal from each other quite no, a bit. No, that was actually pretty good. Cool. Anyways, uh, if you would like to get in touch with us. All right. Hey, guys, we want to thank you for listening and supporting us all this time. Just wanted to let you know we can be found on Apple Podcast at Project X Pod. Uh, we're also on Google Play. We're on Stitcher. We're on Tuned In Radio. And hopefully we're going to be getting on some other platforms also. 
You can also get a hold of us by email at projectxpod at gmail.com. I've also got my own private one at bigdavexpod at gmail.com. We're on Twitter at Project XPod, and there's also at Big Dave XPod. Uh, we're on Facebook at Project X Podcast, and we're on YouTube. We're starting to do some stuff on YouTube at Project X Podcast. So if you like us, please spread the word. You know, let your friends know. If you can't stand us, tell all your enemies. You know, we, you can torture them that way. Thanks, guys. We appreciate it. All right, that's enough. Let's get on with the show. Um, or give us some feedback. Give us some. Definitely give us some feedback uh, on you know what are you what are your favorite movies? Um, what did we get right? What did we get wrong? Uh, why am I you know why am I such a jerk? I don't know. It's <laughs> you can do any of that kind of stuff. You are a jerk. <laughs> you are a jerk. Are you going Tom Cruise on me? You are a jerk. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're killing me. Anyway, thank you. Why am you. I friends with you? Because uh, uh, <laughs> you're too old to make new friends. That's why. <laughs> <laughs> oh, just go ahead, twist uh, the knife. Go ahead. <laughs> Anyways, I'm Alan Smith. I, I am Big Dave. <laughs> we'll see you next time. So. Yeah.